RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Episode 22, Memo from David Gerald, No Tribbles at All, November 2nd, 1986. This episode of The Trek Files is sponsored by the official Star Trek Starships XL Editions, large format ships officially authorized by CBS Studios. Subscribe today and get the USS Voyager for 20% off and with free shipping. For details, visit st-starshipsxl.com slash thetrekfiles. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek background fans, and yes, all you Trekophiles with an F. We have uh, a singularly cute <laughs> document today from the early days of The Next Generation. I can't wait to share it with you. But of course, you can be seeing it already. Read it already at uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Trek Files. We're going to revisit in the era of not, not leaning on the successes of the original series when launching The Next Generation. We may be leaning on at least a vibe of the original series. I can't wait for you to read this, hear it, and uh, join me with my guest right after this. Remember Cyrano Jones? Well, it's 200 years later, and his great-great-etc. grandchild, Albania Jones, is continuing where he left off, importing and exporting weird critters. Think of Robin Williams as Albania Jones. What's the story? Simple. He gets rescued by our people because his ship is breaking up. We also rescue his cargo, several different kinds of alien critter. Star Trek fans, you asked for bigger ships, and now you've got bigger ships. The official Star Trek Starships XL editions from Eagle Moss are twice as large as the standard models. Officially authorized by CBS Studios, each iconic ship is die-cast and hand-painted, and each comes with an in-depth magazine featuring production artwork, highlights of the ship's history, design, and a breakdown of the technology on board, along with crew and weapons. Start your collection today with the 10-inch XL Edition USS Voyager for only $59.95 with free shipping. New models ship every other month for the same low price with free shipping, and you may cancel your subscription at any time. For details and to order, visit st-starshipsxl.com slash thetrekfiles. Go big with the official Star Trek Starships XL Editions at st-starshipsxl.com slash the track files. All right. Memories of the Tribbles in a memo written by David Gerald to the rest of the early day think tank, Gene Roddenberry, Ed Milkus, and Bob Justman. John Champion, our good friend, co-host of Mission Log, Mission Log Live, Get in here. Yes. This is amazing. Hi. What, what glad happened, to be here. What happened to, yes, glad to have <laughs> you, but what happened to the dictum about not leaning on the successes and the icons of the original series while getting uh, the next generation's personality? 
So it took, uh, what, three episodes before we got the Naked Now? Was, was that it? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you hit, you hit uh, a repeat, a retread of TOS, and you hit comedy. And uh, here, here it is. In the early development days, David Gerald pitching, let's do a, not a retread, but a reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we bring back a, a new version of a character from TOS and we do comedy because we want to make sure we get comedy in pretty early as now, let's, well. Right. Well, yeah. there's so, there's some. This is only a four paragraph memo, but yeah. there's so yeah. much going on here. Oh, oh, so much. And, and I only read a tiny portion of it, so right. you really have to go back and, and read the whole thing. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're listening to us right now, please mm-hmm. go get the document from our from our uh, the Trek Files page on Facebook, uh, because he makes it very clear. A uh, he's referencing a short story here by Robert Sheckley from the, mm-hmm. uh, I think we from the uh, earlier from the called Milk Run. Yep. And yeah. in fact, if you read Milk Run, the paragraph where he's setting up the uh, crazy shenanigans caused by these critters uh, is a direct takeoff from the story. So yeah. he's 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 co- he's not trying to rip anybody off. He's covering the bases. But uh, well, well, Milk Run, I, I read in an issue of Galaxy Science Fiction, <laughs> uh, uh, sort of a, an anthology science fiction book from 1954. Wow, you have a collectible? Yeah, yes, I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> crazy. Um, no, 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 I saw it. It's online. It, right? it is online. It's you can go easy, find it. Yes. You can go find it pretty easily. And um, yeah, it, it's these two sort of working class guys. You, you've got uh, Richard and Arnold. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> who, who work for, get this, the AAA ACE Interplanetary Decontamination Service. All right. But they have done such a good job at decontaminating other places in the galaxy that their services aren't needed. So to make a little money, here's the last great deal. They need to ship a bunch of animals from one planet to another. And they think they've got this. No problem at all. How, how hard can it be, right? But each type of animal causes a certain type of problem on their ship. So it is exactly what uh, David lays out in this memo, which is why he says, hey, go buy this story. Because this is a story to do. This is a story to then mold into Star Trek. Not unlike, say, Arena, where where you take a a story that already exists and we say, well, but we can make this Star Trek. Which they did all the time. Or Mm -hmm. at least there are a lot of attempts to. Yeah, yeah. And throughout the rest of the series. Well, so from a story that has kind of a a Laurel and Hardy or an Abbott and Costello lead. (laughs) Right. He's proposing jumping into, of course, having a descendant of Cyrano. Yes. Albania. Albania is an interesting Uh, name anyway. uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. His great, 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 et cetera. Uh, no relation it, to Indiana. Right. <laughs> yeah, none at all. None no, at all. Cyrano did, did yes. predate, yes. yes. And Albania is not even a state. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but then, so another level to this is uh, think of Robin Williams. They're already thinking, we've talked about celebrities. Star. Let's get that guest star. Stunt casting yeah. and or wannabe fans, uh, celebrities. Yeah. Uh, get the guest star. And this is 1986, yeah. way before uh, Dr. Rasmussen in... Uh, Right. There's <laughs> something else that I, I – before we even talk about the content of the memo, there's something about the memo itself that I want to point out. Um, so we, we do have a bunch of internal memos uh, from the early mm-hmm. uh, development days of Next Gen, 
And the later you get, of course, you find the kind of generic Paramount memos with the big, you know, kind of dark blue or black stripe at right. the top with the letters memo spelled out right at the right. top. And the Paramount um, logo mountain. The Paramount logo, or you have internal Star Trek memos. All of this stuff from these early days, and particularly from David, they're written on his own computer. Right. Um, so, and Bob Justman's the same way. And Bob Justman's yes. the same way. So, so nothing quite stylistically matches up from memo to memo to memo, from person to person to person. Um, and then David put his own Star Trek in an underline at the top, font size and font choice is specific to his memos. I think that's really cool because, again, we're talking about the, the primitive ground-up days <laughs> right. of Next Gen. Well, this is yeah. November 2nd. They'd barely been meeting for a month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, early, middle October. And, Bob, mm-hmm. yes, Bob Justman's is – Bob's were even plainer with just dotted dotted dash lines. Right, yeah. Separating his headers. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And when you see the stuff on the dot matrix printers, then you <laughs> right, know. Then right, you know, right, right. yeah, yeah. But it's 86, and we're barely into the PC era mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. – um, yeah, probably. Yes. Hey, come come join our team. Bring your own computer. You know? But it's interesting that next generation over the long haul eventually get got a reputation for being a little on the serious side. Yeah, you know, a little and taking itself a little seriously when they could get. Now, early on, uh, there's comic moments or comic wannabe moments in Naked Now. Yep. In Haven. Yep. Uh, and at times, they tried to do a little bit of that with Data. Mm-hmm. You know, and even mm-hmm. Geordie a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, we think of Next Gen as kind of the... A little tower. buttoned up. A little buttoned up, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and it's too bad because... Uh, and, and Wharf even, then, you know. Oh, sure. Mary yeah, Man yeah, yeah. and Nice Tea, Nice House, yeah. you know. But, you know, I, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. TOS showed that you could take this essentially an anthology-style show where nothing had consequence to another episode from week to week. And you could plug whatever type of story you wanted to tell in that format, in the right. Star Trek format. You could go... Deadly serious. You could tell uh, a parable about a, a, a modern social problem. You could make a philosophical point, and the next week you could do a total comedy episode, like the Trouble with Tribbles or like a piece of the action. Right. That really don't have a, any consequence beyond that. Next Gen, you know, I, I've always thought Next Gen had a, a foot set in that 60s style storytelling of TOS. Especially in the beginning. Especially in the beginning. Right. And then another foot in this sort of bold new era of late 80s, early 90s storytelling. And they were taking themselves a bit uh, seriously. But then that might be why. Star Trek The Next Generation has had sort of the, the longevity and the, and the reverence that it gets. I don't know if we could all stomach seeing week after week. Well, we don't know if Captain Picard is going to be doing comedy. (laughs) I I don't know if we necessarily take it seriously anymore. If from week to week we simply didn't know, well, which version are we going to get now? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite that severe with with the original series, but then again, yeah. there were only seventy nine. Well, well sure, yeah, right? yeah. You don't have versus yeah, one hundred and eighty, yeah, whatever it was for one hundred seventy eight, one hundred seventy eight, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I was rounding, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's amazing that they were all again that they were already thinking of Robin Williams here, and yeah. it's almost like this this plot that he's setting out again. He's taking this short story, The Milk Run. There are three different critters. They all react in different ways. What seems simple on the surface. You know, the devil's in the details, yeah. the environmental systems, 
Um, and it's not a bad story. It's not, you know, you could take, uh, if you go back and read the original Milk Run, uh, you've, got, you've got three types of critters. Uh, so you have the, the quills and the uh, the Fergals and, uh, the, <laughs> and the wait, smags and the smags the quill yeah. and, and the quills are are really tribal like they're they're big fluffy furry they're covered in white fur there's kind of round balls of fluff mm-hmm. and uh, but the problem is all that fluff it, it, first of all in zero g they they don't react too well to that and their fluff goes everywhere and it it, it fills the uh, uh, the air handling <laughs> system and then they can't eat so they have to turn on the gravity but the gravity messes things up. And uh, then they they have to adjust the temperature. Well, the the lizard-like Fergals don't like that. So then you have, you know, floating frozen lizards everywhere. Like, nothing goes right in this. And the short story is played for comedy. Clearly, this would be played for comedy, too. You could squeeze a Star Trek message into this, though, mm-hmm. uh, for and sure. Consequences, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, stumbling into absolutely, and 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 you, everybody in the audience right now, they can picture kind of the the uh, the war of words between a Robin Williams playing an Albania Jones up against a Captain Picard mm-hmm. or a Worf or a Riker or or whatever, or Beverly Crusher or Doctor Crusher, <laughs> right. certainly, certainly, right, right, yeah. right. No, and so then his last tease here is mm-hmm. the running gag. Well, at least it isn't Tribbles, yeah. like they're infamously <laughs> right. famous across all time. Yeah. Which gets yeah, us yeah, back yeah. to his story idea suggested title, No Tribbles at All, which uh, would be true. Which it would be I, the okay. worst tease ever. For a yes, title, yes, yes. But, but here's the thing. Okay, Trouble the Tribbles is an iconic episode of Star Trek, no question about it. And, and we got a sequel – in the, the animated, animated series, right. so we got more troubles, more troubles, more troubles, more troubles. So I can see where he's going here, saying, "Here's a style that works, and it's a style that I'm good at, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'm not going to cram tribbles down your throat. Let's <laughs> let's just, let's make a different animal this time. Let's just tease it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. See though, what what the impact? But this is you know held under the famous veil of secrecy until the promo material goes out. Yeah, and then people, uh, reporters, media, and fans everywhere see that title. No triples at all. Yeah. And if they if they're given a very coy logline, you know, a synopsis, and they're everybody's sitting at home that week waiting right. to see what this will be early in the first right. season. And once you throw the name Jones in there, and then oh, you throw the name oh, Jones, oh, in. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And then it winds up this way, where the tri- the closest to a triple you get is uh, the reference. Right. But, and I, I do like uh, at the end here, he he says that what they should do is buy the story. From Sheckley mm-hmm. or by, by the rights to the Sheckley story, and then hand it off to one of our funniest writers. Ahem. And of course, what's And he's right. He's right. But yeah. then, of course, it turns into a Jeopardy. The ship breaking down, the animals getting yeah. loose turns into yeah, yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turns into Jeopardy for them. Yeah. Well, again, a little. Just one. We have so many. I'm looking forward as the weeks go by to getting into more of these uh, memos about stories that happened and the stories that didn't happen. Yeah. And we'll be getting into uh, giving some context to everybody, especially for the stories that did not happen. And we'll have we'll have more story memos from a little more as the as the series matures. But boy, it's something to see those those October, November, December, January days. All right. Remember to take a look at this full document at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Right. 
The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All documents, yes, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. And for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47 at larrynimichek.com. That's me. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.